From the University of Texas at Austin, KUT Radio, this is In Black America. Well, to me it is extremely important, and the, the, the thing that I've always wanted to do was serve as an example to young, when I say young now, I'm talking about elementary school, high school, kids that pass, that can pass your building and look up there and see the word architect and have some can come in. I, you know, you, we have kids come in the office now and they've missed the what, what do you do? You know, and, and boy, you get a chance to tell them and show them through the office something they've never seen in their lives. And, uh, but you can't do that if you're on the 30th floor downtown. You, you see what I mean? Yes, sir. And, and that's why I have remained in the hood, put it like that. That because I, I want the minority kids, the black kids, to be able to see that there is something else to be done. The late John S. Chase, the first African-American student to enroll and graduate with a master's degree from the School of Architecture and the University of Texas at Austin. On June 7, 1950, two days after the United States Supreme Court ruled in favor of desegregation of graduate and professional schools, Chase enrolled at the University of Texas at Austin to pursue a master's degree in architecture. When he enrolled at UT, he didn't intend to make history. He simply wanted to study architecture. After earning his architecture degree in 1952, he applied to firms all over Texas. None would hire him. So he moved to Houston to start his own firm after selling his home in Austin he lived in to raise startup funds. Chase became the first African-American licensed architect in Texas and the first African-American admitted to the Texas Society of Architects and the Houston chapter of the American Institute of Architects. Also, Chase was the first African-American president of the Texas Exes and co-founder of the National Organization of Minority Architects. On March 29, 2012, Chase died after a long illness. He was 87. I'm John L. Hanson, Jr., and welcome to another edition of In Black America. On this week's program, determined pioneer, the late John S. Chase, In Black America. The best way I felt to get it was to go back to school and do a graduate degree and the University of Texas being right there in Austin and, of course, uh, one of the leading architectural schools in the country. It just, to my way of thinking, was the place to go. At the time, however, that was early, late 49 that we're talking about now, very yeah. early 50s. The university was not was completely segregated, but mm -hmm. graduate and undergraduate schools. And but there was a case in front of the Supreme Court, Sweat versus Painter, uh, at that time. And so I I just decided to to apply, and I applied for entrance in there. And from that point on, things just sort of fell in place. After his historic enrollment in 1950, architect John S. Chase laid a foundation of first. In 1952, he became the first African-American to graduate from the University of Texas School of Architecture. Chase was the first African-American licensed to practice architecture in the state of Texas, and later the first African-American admitted to the Texas Society of Architects and the Houston chapter of the American Institute of Architects. 
1976, he became the first African-American to serve on the United States Commission on Fine Arts. In 1998, he became the first African-American president of the Texas Exes. Born on January 23, 1925 in Annapolis, Maryland, Chase was introduced to architecture at Bates High School. In 1948, he earned a Bachelor of Science degree in architecture at Hampton University. Wanting to do more with his career, he moved to Austin, Texas, and entered the graduate program at UT Austin. After graduating in 1952, he turned down the deanship of the New School of Architecture at Prairie View A&M University. Instead, he moved to Houston, Texas, and opened his own firm. Today, his work has left an impressive imprint that can be seen globally. In October 1998, In Black America spoke with his pioneering architect. In high school, uh, of course, I, I used to doodle around and draw and sketch, uh, even in elementary school, but uh, my own way, you know. But in high school, um, I, it was made very clear to me by really one of my instructors, a Mr. Marshawn, as I remember it, uh, who used to ask quite often uh, around the class, uh, he called every uh, person, especially if it were a male, uh, my boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they would all, he asked me when they said, my boy, what do you plan to do? And uh, uh, when you uh, finish and go to college and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I, I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I'd like to be the person who, who uh, designs buildings and determines what they look like, how they go together inside and uh, that type of thing. And, uh, so uh, he said, uh, you want to be an architect. <laughs> that's, that's the way it went. So that's the way it started. And your first job out of Hampton, was that an architect firm in, in Philadelphia? That is correct. And what did you particularly do there? Well, uh, I did drafting, uh, drafting in the architectural office there. Uh, was mostly residential work that was involved, and... Uh, we we did some degree of specifications and and that type of thing. After that, you moved to Austin. How did you happen to select the University of Texas for your your graduate studies? Well, after moving to Austin, of course, uh, uh, I realized in uh, the work that I was doing, which number one was uh, both uh, teaching and working as an architect mm-hmm. for a lumber company doing their work uh, uh, that I need I realized I needed some more architecture and uh, the best way I felt to get it was to go back to school and do a graduate degree and uh, the University of Texas being right there in Austin and of course uh, one of the leading architectural schools in the country uh, it just uh, to my way of thinking, was the place to go. Mm-hmm. At the time, however, uh, that was uh, early, late 49 uh, that we're talking about now, very right. early 50s. Uh, I, <clears throat> the university was not, was completely segregated, but mm-hmm. graduate and undergraduate schools. And But there was a case in front of the Supreme Court, uh, Sweat versus Painter. Right. Uh, at that time, and uh, so I, I just decided to to apply, and I uh, applied uh, for for entrance in there, and uh, 
from that point on, things just sort of fell in place, uh, and really very rapidly. Uh, it wasn't more than a couple of months after I applied that uh, the Supreme Court decision came on that the university must admit uh, African-American students uh, to the graduate school, not the undergraduate, but the graduate school. Uh, I often wondered, you know, why they did that. Uh, it seems to me that they, of course, you'd have gone into the undergraduate and then gone up to graduate, but it wasn't, that wasn't the way it happened. Right. And uh, when, it, uh, <laughs> when the decision came down, I had an application in out there, and uh, I was accepted. Being determined and, 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 and headstrong probably to, to a certain degree, did you feel any added pressures being the only African-American in the school at the time? Any added pressures? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. You always had that, I okay. think. Okay. Uh, oh, yes, very definitely so. Uh, you know, you, you, you know the, the drag is such uh, mm -hmm. still segregated. Uh, you know, you couldn't live on campus like other students were. Uh, you had to live out in the city and and uh, commute back and forward. You, uh, you got into a, uh, a class situation where you were the only uh, African American in the in the class, and it, it yes, there were some pressures. <laughs> no uh, doubt about it. I understand. How how did your wife of forty six years now assist you in that process? Well, I, I think she was very helpful in being quite understanding and and uh, uh, helping me to uh, adjust to the uh, problems that that experience uh, uh, offered me. Okay. Really. Okay. After graduation, you turned down a position at Prairie View. I turned it down, yes, because uh, at the time now. Uh, the law was that if a subject matter was offered at Prairie View or Texas Southern, then African Americans could not attend any the state schools, okay. the UT and the others. Uh, they would have to go to that particular, uh, uh, take that subject at the uh, Prairie View or Texas Southern. And of course, with me going in, uh, there as uh, uh, with a master's degree in architecture mm -hmm. I would have uh, qualified that school that is Prairie View now uh, to offer a graduate degree in architecture which meant that any any black students that wanted to go to UT would 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 uh, would then be have called they would have cause not to let him in because it was offered at Prairie View Prairie. and of course if you remember Texas Southern never really offered architecture right they offered their architectural drafting which was a step or two under this and uh so i i just read that there was just no way i could uh uh be a uh recipient of the of the degree myself mm -hmm. and then go up to prairie view and stop everybody else so coming. correct you correct. see so that's why i turned it down and uh accepted a job teaching drafting at Texas Southern University. Eventually you open up your own architecture firm. Why so? Yes, I, I did. I opened it up because I couldn't get hired 
uh, I tried to to uh, uh, be hired uh, by other firms at the time. There uh, were no uh, black firms I could go to mm -hmm. in, in Texas. Uh, uh, not that I would have gone, you know, only to them anyhow, but right. there were just none there, and uh, all the firms I went to were other than black, and everyone I went to said no. Mm -hmm. it, it was just that simple, and I made the statement that, well, that is to myself, well, if, you know, after you do that for several months, and and especially when people advertise that they need help. Right. The employment was open. You get there and you get all these lectures, you know, about I'm not like this and mm -hmm. from Michigan and I'm from New York and but I've got clients that wouldn't. I've got women and white women in the office. After you get all that, you get a little fed up, you know. Right. So I said, well, what I'll do, I'll just take the state examination and state board and try my darnest to pass it, and if I do, I'll just come on out and, and hire myself. Do you remember that first job? Uh, yes, I do. What was it? Yes, I do. It was a, a hotel, a small, small hotel mm -hmm. in Austin. Okay. Right at uh, 11th and, what is that, Navasota? Navasota? The Deluxe Hotel? What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, of course, it's been remodeled and Correct. several times since that. But uh, that was the first job, <clears throat> Mr. Reed, mm -hmm. who owned it. Mr. and Mrs. Reed, they're both deceased Correct. now. But I, I never will forget. Uh, I, I hadn't, didn't know how to charge. I didn't know anything about that kind of thing, you know, and just hadn't had the experience. And... When he asked me, well, we 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 cut a deal. I would uh, re redo the hotel for him mm -hmm. if he would uh, give me three meals a day uh, for six months. I've always been fascinated and, and, and somewhat curious. You look in an area, uh -huh. and somehow you can come up with a project that can tells you how many bricks needs to go on on this side of a structure. How much cement needs to be used? How do you calculate all this? Or is that the magic of architecture? Well, it's, uh, I don't know. You you know, there, there are formulas, there are okay. methods that are used. <clears throat> However, you, you're not as much into calculating the quantity okay. of, of a material as much as you are... Uh, determining its proper use and its and its cost okay and how that fits into you know the total scheme you know especially its use mm -hmm. uh, uh, why do you put one material in a bathroom and another in a kitchen okay in a living room you okay. know okay mm-hmm how has the experience being the first African-American graduate of the UT School of Architecture and transcending that to what your current responsibilities are as president of the Ex-Students Association. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't think it was just 100% me. Okay. You know, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, UT reached out also. Okay, okay. Uh, and, and I reached out. I, 
it reached, they reached out and 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 I accepted the reach and, okay. and and taking the position that you can always do more inside than you can outside. Okay. okay. You see, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I just put away the uh, experiences that I had had mm-hmm. were negative. That is. Okay. And just uh, con- you know I was a graduate. I was entitled to. Excuse me. Work with the alumni association by joining and membership, mm-hmm. and then why shouldn't I just complete the circle? I understand. What are your goals and objective as president? Well, of course, to uh, n- number one, and during the uh, this whole crisis involving Hopwood, okay, uh, is to to it and the best I can that the, the association will continue to uh, provide the financial resources to minority students that are so necessary mm-hmm. for them to stay and accept admission into the university. Now that's very, very key in 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 my desires i i want to number two uh uh in uh, c- continue to to make the uh, association very attractive to graduates so that its membership will continue to grow and that it will grow the, you know it's just not a matter of graduating and uh, walking off and staying off but graduating and actually uh, coming back and being uh, continuing that relationship through membership uh, in uh, the association, and then I, I think, uh, and then as they get in, you know, this t- once you 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 get into attracting recent graduates and that type of thing, mm-hmm. you're really into the younger group, and that's what I want to do. Okay, I want to get more of the younger graduates. That isn't to the exclusion of others, mm-hmm. but I, I would like to direct uh, uh, more of the younger graduates uh, uh, into a very active role in in the association. And of course, lastly, and, and not at all least, uh, is to try to continue some of the other work that my predecessor did, Larry Temple, mm-hmm. uh, who, to my way of thinking, was out in the manner in which he presided as, uh, over the association and the things that uh, he did. How will you as president and the association assist in the We Are Texas development campaign for the university? Well, uh, we are assisting by, uh, again, uh, using the resources within uh, the association to uh, uh, reach out and uh, touch the uh, legislators mm-hmm. and that type of thing to let them know that we are there and that we continually need their help and assistance and things like that. You were awarded the UT Distinguished Alumnus Award. Yes. What your reaction and feeling from receiving that, that Distinguished Award? Well, uh, naturally, I was very pleased to have been recognized by uh, the association as 
uh, having uh, made some accomplishments uh, and and recognized uh, in that way. I think it's uh, among one of the high points that I've experienced uh, in my lifetime, to be very frank with you. You're one of the founding members of the National Organization of Minority Architects. That is correct. Why did you all feel that particular organization was necessary to form, and what are some of the goals and objectives of that organization? Well, it was very necessary, I think, then and now, uh, then and now too, that uh, <clears throat> the purpose was to to get uh, 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 minority architects. You notice it's National Organization of Minority Architects. Mm -hmm. Was to get minority architects together uh, to discuss various problems and uh, discuss possible solutions to better our training, our, our uh, participation in architecture, and to help to literally help each other. And, and that was the purpose. And uh, uh, I think that that goes on. In fact, the annual meeting comes up now in, I think, uh, next... Next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's right. And uh, to this day, that is still uh, what happens when you go to this meeting. You you have a chance to talk with architects of minority around the country to, to, to discuss problems that you've had, say, in Houston or Austin or San Antonio with... Uh, architects that uh, African-Americans say that have had the exact same problems in New York City. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the, the, discussing how each handled them and, and that type of thing. How you break the, the corporate veil that's up there. How do you get into the Fortune 500 companies where so much of the work is and where we are not, you see. At one time, it was, uh, we caught the Dickens even getting work from uh, our black colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. But uh, now, I think, uh, uh, since uh, we designed programs to, to, to uh, look into that, uh, it, it's much better. You've, you, you, you've got uh, just an awful lot of the black, still you've got a lot that don't use them. Mm -hmm. So you've got an awful lot to do, and um, so <clears throat> I think Noma has been extremely helpful okay. to 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 especially African American architects in their pursuit of a piece of the pie. If I'm not mistaken, your current location is the location in which you started out at. No, that's no, not at all. The uh, my current location is not this. The, I started out with an office. Uh, I turned the dining room of my home okay. into an office. And from there, uh, I uh, sold a piece of property that I had bought in Austin to live in mm -hmm. when I couldn't live on campus at UT. Uh, years later, I sold it at a very nice profit yes, sir. and built my office in Houston. So I moved from the dining room mm -hmm. to an office building that I owned in Houston. And since that time, I've moved out of that building into the current location where I am. And how long have you been at that location? You mean the one that I'm in now? Right. 
uh, about about six about eighteen years. Why is it important for you to stay in the neighborhood, so to speak? Well, t- to me, it is extremely important, and the 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 thing that I've always wanted to do was serve as an example to young, when I say young now, I'm talking about elementary school, okay, high school kids that pass, that can pass your building and look up there and see the word architect and have something come in. I, you know, you, we have kids come in the office now and they missed the wedding. What do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, and and boy, you get a chance to tell them and show them through the office something they've never seen in their lives. And uh, but you can't do that if you're on the thirtieth floor downtown. Right. You, you see what I mean? Yes, sir. And and that's why uh, I have uh, remained in the hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put it like that. Right. That because I I want the the minority kids, the black kids, to be able to see that there is something else to be done. You see that maybe one day they can do it, and 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 we have we have had I see now some some fellows that are out and ladies out practicing architecture that did that that passed by the office one day and looked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you still have an opportunity to go out and, and mentor? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, very definitely so. I <clears throat> I'm usually invited to so many of the career conferences in the high schools and uh elementary schools around town. I bet you I get a dozen or more invitations each year and I try to make them and those that I don't make I have one. I send one of the people in the office to represent us and and uh, and uh, talk to the kids. How large is your firm? Well, we have two offices right now. We have one in Dallas and one in Houston. Uh, we had four going, but we closed two. Mm-hmm. We had another one in Washington D.C. where we stayed for about 14 years. Mm-hmm. And we had one in L.A. where we stayed a much shorter period of time. But currently, right now, we've got, oh, in Dallas, uh, there are about 16 in Dallas and, and maybe one or two less in Houston. Before we run out of time, Mr. Chase, are, are projects and jobs easier to come by today or since there are more architects and more minority architects, the competition is much greater. Oh, I, I think they, I think both. Okay. Just saying <laughs> is right. Uh, I, I don't, I wouldn't say they are easy to come by, but there are more projects available. Okay. Uh, the competition makes it that much more difficult. You can imagine how it was for me when I first started. I was only black uh, licensed architect in the state of Texas. The late John S. Chase, the first African-American to graduate from the University of Texas at Austin School of Architecture. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions as to future in Black America programs, email us at jhanson, H-A-N-S-O-N, at K-U-T dot O-R-G. 
Also, let us know what radio station you heard is over. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station or of the University of Texas at Austin. You can hear previous programs online at KUT.org. Until we have the opportunity again for technical producer David Alvarez, I'm John L. Henson, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. Please join us again next week. CD copies of this program are available and may be purchased by writing In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, One University Station, Austin, Texas, 78712. That's In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, One University Station, Austin, Texas, 78712. This has been a production of KUT Radio.